0: It goes without saying, but a harsh, bitter struggle lies ahead of this nation. We find ourselves faced with a war the like of which Erebonia has never seen. But we will prove triumphant. We will bring to bear the finest strategies and the full might of the Imperial Army. Hello, and welcome to another Hacker Noon podcast. That clip was a sneak peek into Trails of Cold Steel 4, developed by Nihon Falcom and published by NIS America. Today, we are joined by Aaron Kim from NIS America, who is here to catch us up on NIS America's upcoming releases and talk about how COVID has changed the gaming industry. How's it going, Aaron? Thanks very much for being here today.
1: Hi, yeah, thank you very much for having me.
0: So, NIS America is one of my favorite companies because I'm a geek that likes Japanese Mm -hmm. games, but a lot Mm -hmm. of people listening to this might not know who you are. Could you briefly introduce NIS and NIS America and the difference between them?
1: Yeah, so just to give a brief overview of myself, I'm Erin, I am a senior uh, public relations coordinator here at NIS America and NISA as uh, we're called in short was established in 2003 in Southern California, and our mission is to, you know, bring over exciting uh, Japanese video games over to Western audiences. And our, I guess, parent company, so to speak, is uh, NIS, Nippon Ichi Software, and uh, they're a video game company that is uh, probably most well known for the strategy RPG game, Disgaea. Yeah. Um,
0: so, yeah,
1: just, just, Brief
0: introduction of that. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So the main difference then between NAS and NAS America is that uh, NAS is the Japanese company that actually develops the games, and NAS America's main job obviously is to port and translate those games to English audiences. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, uh, you could put it as that. NIS is, um, you know, they develop their own original IPs and uh, we do publish some of them and localize them, bring them over to um, North America and Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also, as NISA, we publish uh, other titles. Uh, for example, we've partnered with uh, Nihon Falcom, who's well known for their JRPGs. Uh, we've published those in the West, um, along with you a know, myriad of other uh, exciting titles.
0: Yes, for sure. It's one of my favorite games, so I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you yeah, lots
1: of hype for that.
0: Yeah, so Erin, obviously, COVID has changed many industries around the world. Uh, personally, as a writer for a marketing team in Tokyo, our company has been 100% fully remote since February of 2020, so over mm-hmm. six months now. And uh, Yeah, it's really crazy how
1: time flies.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think for sure, this is obviously the case of the gaming industry. You know, we've seen a lot of delays. One of the most notable one was Last of Us Part Two, And I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. Sony and Naughty Dog confirmed that it was due to COVID. They were having trouble getting uh, permissions to ship these games around the world. So they had to postpone. So we are seeing uh, problems arise in the gaming industry. Could you talk about uh, how things have changed at NIS America due to COVID? What were the changes in your work style and kind of the problems Mm -hmm. that you've seen arise? Uh, Right. Um, For us too, not to speak on it
1: uh, so long, but uh, we've had similar problems with, you know, um, manufacturing or like shipping times just because uh, those industries themselves are impacted. So it's a bit of a how to say, you know, like a trickle effect of sorts. But the biggest change for uh, me within the general game industry and what I do in my role has been, um, you know, the absence of physical events and conventions, uh, one that, you know, I'm sure many people can relate to. And uh, so now that those like opportunities are no longer present for us at the moment uh the industry has shifted to a lot of digital showcases so you know many companies have already been hosting their own even before the impact of covid but uh, i see now more and more developers and publishers and like even event organizations have been like looking towards these digital events to highlight uh new announcements and updates through like online presentations and live streams and whatnot. And one challenge for us has been that, you know, obviously there's no longer a space to have our games physically available to demo (laughs) for both uh, media and the general public. So the obstacle was to figure out how to deliver that experience (laughs) online. Yeah. Um, But you know, that could be overcome with a bit of, you know, flexing some creativity one example was that this past summer actually uh, we partnered with several other publishers and dev- developers for the first ever U game plus expo <laughs> um, or ngpx for short and uh, this was to bring you know exciting news directly to fans through a video showcase and a live stream filled with like first looks and qa with devs and more so it's kind of like you're, cool. you're getting that a panel experience with a
0: creative team
1: and then getting to see gameplay of games and whatnot.
0: Yeah. You created your own kind of online gaming conference? Yeah, you can see that. We partnered
1: with others and kind of built this opportunity for ourselves.
0: Cool. When is that mm-hmm. conference and do you plan on making it annual?
1: Yeah, so it actually just passed in June. That was our first ever one and we're happy to say it was a success. So Great. Um, For future ones, it's definitely not off the table. So any news on those will obviously be coming via official channels. uh, Cool. You know, when it
0: happens. (laughs) So I have a few follow-up questions. There, you said obviously, Mm -hmm. like everyone else, your shipping times were affected because of those industries. Uh, Do you know specifically what? problems they're having like is there just stricter requirements with customs to ship things across the world these days and that's why it's taking longer Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, i'm afraid i'm not too knowledgeable like of those details but if i were to kind of guess i would think maybe the manpower is a bit down since Uh, they're limiting with like social distancing um there's a limited capacity of people that can be like in that space yeah so okay. I'm assuming that's kind of slowing
0: down the workflow. Definitely. And um, the second mm-hmm. thing you said there was, a lot of your job is around in-person marketing when going to events. Is that like the bulk of how NIS America promotes their content? And do you think that's representative of lots of game companies? A lot of the marketing is done in person and in events. Mm. Or is it like half and half, like fifty percent online, fifty percent in person?
1: I do want to say recently there's been a greater emphasis on digital marketing even without COVID having happened, but I don't want to discount either the in-person like presence and the effects that can bring. Um, But that is a good question. I would say having that like interpersonal communication with fans and uh, journalists is really important. So... Having to miss out on that due to COVID was a bit of a bummer.
0: Yeah I I definitely agree because obviously Aaron we met at uh, Tokyo Game Show which is one of the biggest game events in the world and Mm -hmm. uh, I look forward to that every year as a game writer, journalist, whatever you want to call it and I Mm -hmm. think that is quite important like uh, once Tokyo Game Show announced that they're going 100% virtual to be honest i completely lost interest because one of the main reasons to go to these events is to see these games in person watch the gameplay, or actually try them in person so i think right that one of the issues that the gaming industry has to deal with is how to like you said how to create that experience virtually online so hopefully mm-hmm. we can find a way oh most definitely yeah yeah so is your office now completely 100% remote? Or what's the style now at NIS America?
1: Yeah, we're all remote now. We've been working from home since uh, March, I believe. And while it was a bit difficult at first to adjust to this new working style, I think we've you know adjusted to it fairly well by now since it's been, wow, almost like half a year. Exactly. Uh, since then. yeah. You know, what with working from home, <laughs> communication via Slack or email or messaging, what have you, is like really more important now than ever, yeah. since you can't just like get up from your desk and walk over to your coworker and ask something. But besides that, and I don't want to seem like so nonchalant about it or whatever, but I do feel like our uh, way of operation has uh, not been too affected otherwise when it comes to like in-office communication
0: yeah yeah so mm-hmm. I think I've seen maybe 60-40 or 50-50 split on people who like the new way of being 100% remote and and 50% <laughs> people who really hate it what, what is yeah your, yeah what, as a somebody in the gaming industry what is your uh personal experience been of that have you felt like it's been a better lifestyle or are you the type of person that completely hates this
1: while there are the pros and cons of working from home i do prefer working in an office setting just because i feel like i can focus more mm-hmm. and uh you know product productivity is increased uh, when surrounded with you know teammates so hmm interesting it's hard to put a ratio on it but yeah. <laughs> i do definitely prefer more working in the office
0: for sure for sure how has your team uh, adapted? How have you adapted as a team to this new work style? Have you all taken on a bunch of different productivity tools? Did you change the way you do meetings? What, what are the big changes you all had to make? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we've already been working off of productivity tools beforehand. Um, but I will say that it's been a bit harder to just kind of bounce ideas off of each other as uh, the close proximity is lost. Yeah. But uh, we do make up for that with, you know, planned meetings to really uh, brainstorm about things and put our heads together.
0: Cool. Cool. Speaking of brainstorms and what you've been working on recently, do you have anything new coming out from NIS and NIS America?
1: Oh yeah, we... For NIS America, we have three games coming out next month in October, so it's going to be a, a pretty busy, spooky season, but uh, for October titles, we have, first off, Prune 1-2, Exploded and Reloaded. That is from our parent company, NISJ. It's a platformer game. And then uh, next up, we have Trails of Cold Steel 4, which is really highly anticipated. It's a culmination of an epic JRPG Saga coming from Falcom, and then last but not least, we have Mad Rat Dead, which is a rhythm platformer also coming from NISJ.
0: Cool. Uh, Mm -hmm. For people that don't know, Trails of Cold Steel, I'll say is the best JRPG ever. That's just my personal (laughs) opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. Talking about Mad Rat Dead, I've seen a bit of it and it looks quite different from everything that NAS has ever published. Um, Uh What is Mad Rat Dead? about. Can you tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about the gameplay?
1: Yeah, so in Mad Rat Dead, you play as the, you know, the titular character, Mad Rat, and he's been granted a chance to relive his last day on Earth and to fulfill um, a desire by the rat god. So your wish is to exact revenge on the mad scientist that experimented on you. And so uh, this game has the same director as another NIS title um, called Yomawari. And uh, so you can see kind of the combination of cute, fun art style with a bit of grotesque horror-like elements. Yes. And yeah, this game is a rhythm platformer. And the music, I do have to say, it's really good. It's really catchy. And we did put out an audio-visual trailer for a sneak peek at the soundtrack on our YouTube channel. So,
0: cool. you know, after
1: this podcast episode, I highly recommend for
0: listeners to go and check it out. So other than Mad Rat Dead, what was the other main title you had coming out soon?
1: Uh, well, coming out soon, we have Trails of Cold Steel 4. That is coming uh, to PS4 on October 27th. Although I didn't have a trailer lined up for that one, but... I'd be happy to talk about uh, East Nine as well, but that'll be coming out next year. So East Nine Monstrum Knox, it's the latest installment to the well-loved East series. So you'll see the return of you know fast-paced dynamic combat with flashy moves. But this time around, we have you know a whole cast of interesting characters that we've just seen in the trailer, and they're called the Monstrum. So each individual has you know unique abilities or Uh, gifts, as we call them, that you can use um, outside of battle as well as uh, inside. So um, to speak a bit more about Adol, so our protagonist, he's turned into a monstrum and he's called the Crimson King and his ability is called Crimson Lines, so it's kind of like a, how would I say, kind of like a grappling hook or zip line, kind of similar to Spider-Man, you can like zip from (laughs) from point to point and uh, yeah, the ability to kind of traverse, not only uh, horizontally, but also vertically as well, if that makes sense, uh, like climbing up walls or flying over the city, it does add a new perspective to uh, world exploration that hasn't been seen in other East titles. So that's really exciting.
0: Before, Erin, you talked about how the, you've kind of had to adapt because you're not allowed to go to these in-person mm-hmm. evening events anymore. So for these titles, how have you guys been adapting to the new way of promoting them? What are the specific uh, tactics you've been using to promote these more since you can't really do that in person anymore?
1: Right. So um, now with the greater emphasis on kind of doing everything online, um, we've really taken to be more uh, kind of communicative with the fan base. Yep. since uh, we can't talk to them in person at these mm-hmm. events. Uh, so we do have our own Discord server, actually, which uh, people can join. Um, so, you know, in there, we really um, promote our titles and be like, hey, guys, this is, you know, what's new, what's coming up, please check it out. And we get really great feedback from our users. And we do lots of, like, social, how would I say? Mm-hmm. Like, social activities, like giveaways or... Nice. Um, like retweeting contests on Twitter and we also uh, do stream from time to time our games. We had to go on a bit of a decreased streaming schedule okay. since we're not really allowed to be back in the office as well and you know we even have demos coming out so people can try them out like for uh, Mad Rat Dead there'll be a demo for that one.
0: I see, I see and for the mm-hmm. expo you all did online in a partnership with a bunch of other development companies what uh, program mm-hmm. or software did you use to host that? What's like the one that you found the most useful?
1: So it was hosted on Twitch, which is really oh, cool. Perfect. That is cool. Yeah, so uh, we hosted on, or I guess showcased on the Twitch gaming channel, mm-hmm. which was super awesome and you know got to reach a really wide audience. And then afterwards our showcase was posted on YouTube for those who weren't able to you know, catch it when it was live.
0: Nice. Well, we'll have links to your discord and to that YouTube video in the description and show notes below. Do you think that since we don't have the ability to give fans the chance to test these games in person, does NIS Mm -hmm. and do you think other companies plan to release more demos in the future that people could just download for free on PS4 or Nintendo switch, whatever platform they use?
1: Mm -hmm. I think that would be a good direction to take. Although, this is just from my kind of thinking, but it would be a bit difficult as well, since that does require more, like, manpower or (laughs) labor, so to speak.
0: Yeah. So do you expect anything to change in the near future for NIS? And is NIS doing any kind of out there innovative things to try to adapt to this new normal?
1: Well, we are remaining optimistic that someday, you know, COVID will not posed as a great threat and that we'll be able to return to the office in due time, but um, this probably won't be happening until next year. In the meantime, we're just uh, continuing to work hard from home and doing our best to bring, you know, awesome news and games to our
0: audiences. Definitely. So we've talked about a lot of cool things here, but the general overarching question that we came here to answer was how has COVID changed the game development industry? So all in all, Erin, what's the biggest changes you've seen? And we can recap on things we've already said. And um, one of the ones that maybe you can touch on is sales, because that's one of the hugest ones. We've heard that for some companies, sales have gone up since a lot of people are staying home more and they don't have anything to do other than play games, especially (laughs) digital sales since people can right. really buy these in person now, have you seen an increase in sales for physical and digital copies or have things uh, been about the same?
1: Um, first answer, the earlier question, I'm afraid my answer is not that exciting, but um, I think the most obvious change to me was having to work from home. Yeah. But uh, going to the sales, yes, there has been a rise in digital sales like you've touched upon earlier. More people are at home and are able to kind of, indulge in video games and take part in consuming them. So we've seen a good increase, especially on PC.
0: Mm-hmm. So, cool. Yeah.
1: That was you know, really nice to see.
0: <laughs> Definitely. And uh, before we go here, Erin, Hacker Noon does have a listener base of developers. Some of them are game developers and indie developers. For the companies that are listening that might not have adapted to COVID as well as you have, do you have any advice for them? Things that NAS has done that you realize, oh, this really helps our workflow now that we're all work from home?
1: Hmm. Personal tips of mine, yeah. it would be to just uh, carve out, like really carve out a workspace for yourself in which you can focus and just uh, get down to the tasks tasks at hand. Um, of course, to the best of your ability, given you know your surroundings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to kind of company-wide um things we do have a weekly what to say like a social hour or a social video call so anyone is able to just you know hop in and out as they can and um you don't have to talk about work just you know anything that's on your mind or it's kind of like casual conversation yeah so that's been nice to you know uh keep up with each other um and you know keep that
0: Camar- camaraderie going? Am yeah. I saying that right? Camaraderie. But
1: that yeah. <laughs> yeah. That word.
0: Cool. Yeah. My company does the same thing, but uh, I got to get the geeky people together so we could all game together one day a week. Oh, cool. 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 Well, thanks very much for being here, Aaron. Before we go, where can our viewers and listeners find you online? What's the social media handles for NIS?
1: Yeah, so um, across, we have Twitch, YouTube, um, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us just at NIS America. Mm-hmm. And our website is nisamerica.com. So you know, please give us a visit.
0: For sure, for sure. So we'll have all the links to NIS America's social and website in the show notes below. Be sure to check it out there. Thank you very much for being here, Aaron. This was really fun.
1: Alright, thank you so much and uh, thank you everyone as well for listening.